Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language. And with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I am Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from heavy hammers to harrowing heroes. And today, we're talking about hags. Prepare yourselves. favorite kind of lady <laughs> for sure i take it you're familiar with the concept of the hag probably yeah yeah i mean they're in mythology um didn't we uh, i keep i think i keep bringing up the nine hells because there's mm-hmm. a hag in the nine hells there is Maligard. she Maligard. was a archduke temporarily yeah uh, that we'll f- talk a little bit about her cool uh she was she was a night hag specifically okay and yeah. we'll talk about her a little bit when we talk about the specific types of hags i remember us mentioning hags in like our earlier episodes somewhere right. and like taking babies kept coming up yeah like if you're an infant in D and yeah D&D be campaign, careful like yeah. you're at high risk indeed indeed and hags are one of those things you are at risk for if someone who isn't too squeamish to watch horror movies wants like a really what I think it would be a really accurate depiction of like hag lore, check out The Witch. The first, basically the first scene of that movie is just straight hag lore from real mythology and it's legit gruesome. This episode of the Dungeon Cast is brought to you by <laughs> the first scene in the movie, The Witch. <laughs> right. Okay, so let's... <laughs> or let's, that part in American Horror Story, the most recent season. It's I, very, I very strange. That's it? pretty probably okay. a hag, I would guess. Maybe. Okay. I don't Teach know. me about hags, Well, and I'll I'm let you know to. at the end if it's an American Horror okay, Story. Okay, so hags are season. taken from European mythology. Uh, in this case, unlike many of the other things in D&D we've talked about, the hags in D&D are strikingly similar. So we're not really going to get into actual mythology hags much because we're just going to talk about D&D hags. 
Okay, cool. So, so mythology, this is like one of the rare instances where mythology stuff is actually lining up with the D&D Indeed. Stuff. It, I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect. Because hobgoblins I'm it, are not little hairy boys. <laughs> no, they're, they're large not. hairy boys. They're large hairy boys that have a military. Yeah, and wear the Iron Man <laughs> Indeed. suit on them, yeah, basically. That, that. Okay, so what is a hag? A hag is a witch-like being, usually in the form of a grotesque and ancient-looking crone. Uh, you know, long frayed white hair, wrinkled skin covered in warts and moles, skinny fingers with claws on the end. The the um, Hansel and Gretel story Hansel and has Gretel a hag. story has a hag in, indeed. And again, yeah, very very Mythology. very close to D and D. Okay. Um, despite their frail appearance, um, they are actually incredibly strong and incredibly fast physically. So they're dangerous physically as well as in many many other ways. Um, they are a fey origin. For the most part, um, they're evil to the core and they're, they essentially they represent ugliness and corruption and they have this inverse perception of beauty. Like they truly represent that which is ugly. And for them, they have like this bizarre worldview where like things that are beautiful are ugly to them and painful oh. and they like to deface things. And oh, cool. they like to uh, accentuate their own beauty by like picking at stuff and picking at scabs and pimples and accentuate yeah. their own beauty, beauty let exactly. me scar my face yeah exactly <laughs> let um, me uh let me do some quick graffiti on this fucking brand new like <laughs> library or whatever for, yeah sure um <laughs> furthermore they have a love for the macabre like anything like creepy spooky you get your real like whimsical kind of like spooky halloween witch kind of feel sometimes yeah, from totally these, from these ladies like pointy hat <clears throat> kind of deal um yeah i well What's we'll that talk movie about with uh, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker? Um, oh my gosh! You know the one? Yeah, I know there the one. Three of them? Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're there's three of them. That's actually very important. Yeah. Um, oh my god, I can't remember the name of the Hocus Pocus. Hocus there Pocus. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, you're gonna see a lot of lining up with hags and witches, and I think they're. I won't. I, I don't know if they're interchangeable, but they're very close to it. Yeah. Does D and D have a witch? I mean, there's the Barovian witch in the um, uh, the Castle Ravenloft uh, module for but is it like Is it statted like a hag or like... Not really. Is it like... What is that? Is that like some kind of spellcaster? I think they serve the Baba La Saga. Oh. I think they serve her. I'm you know I'm vague on this now because it's been Baba's a while. Baba's witches. And she she's a hag basically. Baba's bad witches. That oh, could be that could be like Baba's a, bad that could be some witches. fucking trash TV. Yeah, it would be. Let's move on though. <laughs> yeah. So hags uh much like witches, they have innate magical abilities, including but not limited to innate spell casting, which a lot of monsters have, dragons have that for mm-hmm. example. Um abilities such as shape changing and invisibility that's not tied to spell casting. And they also have um, access to these abilities that are labeled weird magic, which we're not going to talk about right now. That'll be more towards the end of the episode because it's I, like the uh, it's like the opposite of wild magic. No, it's um it's interesting, and we will get into it. Okay, is cool. what I'll say for now. Um, furthermore, they their magic abilities enhance greatly as they age and when they form covens. So let's talk about age for a m- minute. Hags are virtually immortal; they can only die oh. by being killed. They live forever. So like vampires, kind of. I, like uh like like devils or demons they're oh, immortal shit. yeah okay. so oh. but okay uh, sorry do vampires or age out archfey what um, do vampires age no, out va- like vampires don't age out either i'm just saying like i would less like vampire vampires are like undead this. oh yeah that's why they live forever well uh, you know <laughs> demon <laughs> demons and, and devils that's why and, they undead forever yeah exactly okay cool so so they they're incredibly ancient beings a lot of time and as right. they get older they gain more power and so Eventually, if they get ancient enough, they become what's called a grandmother. 
which so okay so hags have an interesting naming convention where they have like really whimsical names like uh wretched wretched gretchen wretched gretchen you know (laughs) or you know i'm just trying to make stuff up nasty nancy yeah nasty nancy or whatever but as they if they gain a certain level of power and they get old enough they they will gain the i guess the privilege to use the the name auntie because auntie means that you're very powerful and pretty old uh, and not to be fucked with. So if you meet like an Auntie Gretchen or like Auntie Angela, Auntie Angela. Yeah. Auntie Angela. You if you know hag lore, you know that this ain't your everyday hag. It's okay. a step above the rest. And if you meet like a granny something, you fuck. Oh, so Auntie <laughs> and then Granny. Yeah. I granny see. a grandmother is the most powerful. But aunties are are powerful in their own right. This is like a uh, wormling young, exactly uh, adult it's ancient, very much so. Okay, except where it's less defined uh, because, like, when does a hag become an auntie? It's it's not it's not like they reach a certain age. It's just they gain enough power. It's all about point. spell slots, really. Kind of. Except, okay, and, and we'll get into spell slots later. Also, covens. So we're not gonna we're gonna talk about covens later. Okay, again, at the back end of this episode, we're talking about single but, hags right now. Yeah, we're talking about, we're talking about the single ladies right now. <laughs> um, but. Hags have this ability to form covens, and they're always in three. And when they do this, they become more powerful. We'll talk about that later. So, oh, man. My Hocus yeah. Pocus references are going to be coming out, especially man. now that I know the name of the movie. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, because of their fey nature and their immortality, paired with their human-esque appearance, you know, they're hideous and monstrous, but they're still human They look like an old lady, more or less, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically. And on top of it, they're extremely cunning. It makes them inherently like these unfathomable mysterious alien-minded and dangerous beings from a mortal viewpoint like okay it's easy to speak with a hag and forget all this other information about her because she just looks like this really ugly old woman maybe a little monstrous but she still it's like someone you can talk to Mm. and like have common ground with no is the answer to that oh yeah (laughs) you can't it's just it's easy to fall into that trap and hags will use that Okay. Because they're master manipulators. Okay. Something different about hags versus other fae. We talked about this in the fae episode, uh, or the fae episodes, I should say, where a lot of fae are kind of fascinated by the mundane because they don't understand it. Yeah. To them, that is whimsical and strange. Yeah. Hags have this inherent ability to understand mortal motivation and vices and whatnot. They, they for some reason, can get into the mindset better than other fae. Okay. And... It's what makes them really good at manipulating people, which is kind of like their forte, which which we'll get into. Um, unlike other creatures we've talked about that are pure evil, um, hags are not overtly violent or murderous. They can be. They like to be. It's not it sounds like, like more of like, does this suit my needs? Like kind of. They're very neutral. Evil. Yeah, yeah, and and they do delight in murder and violence. And <laughs> they're they're when they do decide Wonderful. to go that route, it's 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 nasty. But that the joy they get from that pales in comparison to their real mo, which is they have this fascination with corrupting good people and inciting despair inciting hopelessness and just making everyone miserable it just makes them so happy oh cool so, so what that's they, why well not cool but like yeah. that's why one is a de- becomes a devil like an archduke like that kind of lines up it does kind of line up and with night hags it's a little special and we'll get into night hags again later after the after short rest. so we're just talking about like the standard hag right now yeah right now where i'm talking about hags in general okay. generally all these things are true about hags except okay. for the fey nature bit 
that's there's one hag who's not Faye, the night hag, which we'll talk about later. Okay, cool. So, um, so yeah, that's their mo. They want to they want to make people miserable, and they 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 love to correct correct people and get people to do compromising acts, compromise on your morals, right. and then do it again right. until like finally until, until you're a bad corrupted person. and deep indeed. Yeah, got indeed. it. So hags, uh, they spend their long lives gathering lore. They gather magical knowledge, magical items, and they use all this knowledge. As leverage, he's the cat lord. No, <laughs> sorry. No. <laughs> no, they bring it back to, the to their people. Episode. They bring it back to their people, and they tell the other hags, like, "Hey, <laughs> so no, I no. found a gem, right? <laughs> Fuck yes." Okay, so, sorry. so they use all this knowledge and magic ability and whatnot um, for dealing with other hags and fey, and for especially making dark bargains with desperate mortals. Ooh, this is the tool Ursula they... from Little Mermaid. Yes, exactly. Oh. This is the tool they use. To do the thing they want, which is to get people to do bad stuff. Got it. Um, as a matter of fact, hags prefer to deal with mortals way more than other hags or or fey uh, for a few reasons. Number one, you know, mortals are less dangerous. Yeah, easy um, to mess with. The seely and the unseely courts don't really like f- hags. They won't tolerate them. They're too ugly. And both, <laughs> I'm not even joking, like both fake courts pride themselves on beauty. Although I would say specifically the Queen of Air Darkness probably prides herself on her own beauty. Because my understanding is there are grotesque type fae that are allowed in her, her court, although nothing compares to the ugliness of a hag. So okay. there that is. Also, easier to corrupt and manipulate. It's hard. It's much, much harder to corrupt and manipulate a fae creature with its bizarre mentality. Yeah, they're manipul- manipulating you. Exactly. So... Uh, also, there's just a, a certain modicum of respect between fey beings versus like, oh, that's just a mortal. Meh. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, because of this, because of all this dark bargaining stuff, hags l- actually like to make their homes in the mortal realm and relatively close to humanoid settlements. Now, how close is debatable, but basically the idea is they want to be close enough that they can be reasonably sought out by mortals, but far enough away not to alarm and scare off the people or worse, cause an uprising. Basically, it's like less than a week's journey deep into the woods. Basically. That's, how, that's what I think yeah, it is. I think, yeah, I think they, exactly. Uh, and they once they find that sweet spot, it gives them a steady supply of people to tantalize and torture. Right. Uh, and the thing is, like, the hag might only get one person to make a deal maybe every five to ten years. Probably more than that, but it could be as rare as that. And what does a hag care? They, they live forever. Like, you know, time, Fair is, enough. time yeah. is much less meaningful to them. So, yeah. Um. Another interesting thing about this whole dynamic between hags and the people is the people are generally well aware that the hag is evil. She's not to be trusted, but the sheer amount of power and knowledge that the hag has, coupled with the fact that like she preys on the desperate, yeah, people will come to her. Desperate, depressed. Like, yeah. Uh, I literally think, go watch The Little Mermaid or just listen to yeah, that song. Yeah, although I think the... The, the um, poor unfortunate souls. Poor unfortunate souls. I'm oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> the, um, the examples given in Volo's Guide, I think, are, are very apt. They give examples of like a farmer with a philandering spouse. They, they want to seek the hag out for a potion to make their spouse not be a cheater. Right, okay. Because that's logical. Uh, the mayor... Uh, oh, here's one. The mayor, there's a mayor with a demented father. He's like Alzheimer's or whatever. He's okay. deteriorating and he just wants something to make his father better again. Oh, man. So he seeks he seeks her out Ouch. or worse, a child who's, who's on death's door and nothing helps. But you know that the hag probably could. 
a parent will do anything, whatever, whatever yeah. the price, right? Yeah, you have to so, pay it, and the the hag is yeah. gonna the hag is gonna take their dues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. It, what about like a like a girl that just wants to like love a prince really bad, but yep. she needs some fucking legs to do it? Perfect. Sing for me, <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> so, um, a hag's bargain usually will have very apparent and immediate drawbacks. You know, obviously, if we're gonna use Ariel, um, her voice took her right. voice, uh, mm-hmm. her most prized thing, really. Like I know had. they didn't have to pay that voice actor for the back half of that movie. I know, right? And fucking Disney, <laughs> you guys are genius. I didn't think about that. <laughs> but yeah, so so oftentimes there will be immediate drawbacks at the time the deal is being proposed. But usually, and you, and usually the thing isn't like an actual like like your voice. That's you know that, that's a little that's on a the good nose. one. It is a little on the nose, but it's usually going to be again some sort of compromising act. Yeah, some sort of evil deed. Some sort of immoral something, maybe act. something like I imagine them want they're gonna want you to come back a second time, like maybe something that's gonna lead you to like continue to compromise yourself. Like I gave you True. this potion, but then like it had this other side effect. Yes, very much so. That that's definitely would be a hag's uh, method, right? Okay. Um, also, like um, a monkey's paw. That's what I'm trying. to Yeah, say. it's a monkey's paw kind of deal. Yeah, that's exactly kind of what they do. So sometimes a deal will seem extremely reasonable or too good to be true, and it is. And it is. Yeah. But either whether it seems too good to be true or whether the drawback seems apparent, you're wrong both ways. Like you're right that it is too good to be true. And you're right that um, the immediate drawback is apparent. But the fact that you're wrong about is there's more to it either Mm -hmm. way. And that more to it is uh, it's going to lead to more misery, more tragedy, unforeseen to you, but very, very well foreseen to the hag. Right. So uh, the the Volo's Guide gives a couple more examples on those past examples. So the philandering spouse, now happy to stay home and not cheat, uh, grows incredibly slothful and lazy and and um, unhappy. Not unhappy. What's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like unclean. Oh, okay. Like changes their personality. Basically turns becomes person, a different person. Becomes a different person. Um, Oh, after regaining the se- after the father with with the dementia regains their senses, they go into fits of rage. Oh and man, just ruins their lives. They make a pact with a demon. Yeah, or with the <laughs> child. Maybe the potion they give to heal the child is only temporary, so you have to keep coming back and you yeah. have to give something See, more yeah. each time. Mm. Either way, you're dealing with a hag is going to end in misery unless you are incredibly lucky. And yeah. you know there there are some ways for there are other factors in getting good bargains, but it's highly 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 unlikely. Um, another factor that makes, oh, I, I think I already said this. They have a deep understanding for mortal desires. Cool. So remember we talked about in the Faye episode, how Faye view the mundane as interesting, but we also talked in the devil's episode, how in one of the layers of, of uh, the nine hells, there's almost like an academy for devils to relearn how mortals think. Oh yeah. yeah. There's like a, there's like a learning, like it's like a, like a. It's like a big, I imagine it like a big quad at a college campus where it's just like, <laughs> right. like normal human shit is going on. Right, like, right. And I find that interesting because it's like, oh, that alien mindedness goes, it's a two way street. Mm. Like, you know, you can't relate to the weird immortal being and the mortal weird immortal being and can't relate to you. But again, that's not a problem for hags. Okay, cool. Hags, hags get you. They get, they, they get, get you. They don't get yeah. you. So, um, let's see here. I'm looking at my notes. Okay. So the only way of getting a fairer deal is. By having something the hag desperately wants, okay, you, the hag will, at that point, you are kind of in control of the terms. Yeah. And that's kind of why the, the hag's so good at bargaining is the people that they tend to bargain with 
are at a disadvantage. They're at a huge disadvantage, and they can set, the hat can set whatever term she wants. Low hanging fruit, but easy pickings. If pickings. you have what she wants, it's kind of reverse. Also, if you're a fucking dragon or a powerful being, like yeah, you're gonna get a fairer deal. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so there that is. Another thing too is like mortals are likely to get unfair deals just because like they live such short lives. Like once they die, it's over. But like you fuck over a dragon, you got to worry about the next three thousand years. So yeah, there I, it is. that dragon's not gonna forget. Indeed, it's not. So there's a second reason for living in close proximity to mortal settlements, and this has to do with hag procreation. So hags, <laughs> fun, real fun. <laughs> Let's talk about hag procreation, Brian. Let's do so, it. I'm so ready. Hags don't have daughters very often, extremely rare. But when they do, the way they do it is horrific. So in order to have a child, a hag must steal an infant um, mortal. There it is. And devour the baby. Mm, when it does yummy. so, it will become pregnant and give birth to a daughter that looks identical to the mortal they consumed uh, a week later. Okay. And they have two choices. The more, the most common choice is actually the worst choice. Uh, it's to put the baby back. And oh, right. Watch as the horror, uh, you know, births itself as this thing that looks human on its 13th birthday becomes a hag. Right. Spitting image of its mother. And then runs off into the woods to be to do hag things. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. Uh, but along the way, I'm sure that the child god, starts so innocent bad. and gets worse and worse and worse. Right. Um, the other thing is the hag might just decide to raise the child, so the parents should just outright lose their baby, which is probably the kinder probably the of best. the two things. Yeah. Either way, horrible. Um, like on like so many years later, you're like, oh yeah. crap, the hag got me. Now hags don't really like each other very much, and they they live forever, so they're not really worried about procreating. So one of the few reasons that they would do this is if they're trying to make a coven, they might steal a couple babies, give birth to a couple daughters, form a coven with their daughters. Yeah, what's what's thirteen years? I mean, to a hag, exactly, it's nothing, mm -hmm. it's nothing at all. So with that horror being unleashed upon our podcast, I think it's time to take short rest. Let's please all let's right. reset our palates. Uh, indeed. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. 
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the show where we're talking about other things that are only loosely D&D related because this is a D&D podcast. Tangentially related. I suppose. It's mostly about you guys and how much we love you. Indeed. Indeed. Thanks for listening to the show. We really do appreciate it. Thanks for everybody who rolled in on Patreon. We're going to catch you on the next one. And um, yeah, man, if you want to know where else to find us, depending on where you're listening to us now, there are other places. Um, if you're listening to us on soundcloud.com slash the dungeon cast, you can also find us on YouTube by searching the dungeon cast, or if you're on any of the, um, podcasting apps or whatever you have, or like on iTunes, if you are listening to us on iTunes or you have an iTunes account, please leave us a, a rate and subscribe. That would really help us. Same with, mm-hmm. if you're on YouTube, if you listen to our show, uh, on a regular basis, but you're not subscribed, now's your chance. Please subscribe. <laughs> please subscribe to us. It helps. It does help us a lot. I know it everybody does. says to do that, but like liking and subscribing, it help. It does yeah, help. It, it super helps. Yeah. Um, you can email us um, the dungeoncast at gmail dot com um, about pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us your story. Indeed. Uh, or what else, dude? The Twitter. Uh, yeah. The dungeoncast at gmail dot com. Yeah. I'm on there all the time. I usually like I try and post funny, funny posts or memes or whatever. But obviously news about the show, upcoming episodes and all that stuff. And uh, sometimes I run polls and I announce contests, including the contest that we're running now. We're running two. One on Twitter. Like I said, all you got to do to enter that contest is tweet a link to our, our show, whether it be a SoundCloud episode, uh, a podcast link episode, an episode on YouTube. Just add the hashtag DungeonCast. And if you do that between now and March 29th, or May 29th, I'm sorry, uh, you'll be entered to win a copy of Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, which is the newest D&D book coming out May 29th. Yeah, um, it's going to be fun. Indeed. To win the same book in a different contest that we're running on YouTube, we have a YouTube video called uh, Our Mordenkainen Tome of Foes Giveaway. We should probably put the link in the description. And if oh, you yeah, go, we'll start doing that. Yeah, we'll start doing that. If you go to, the, go to that video... Like, subscribe to our channel, and then leave a comment below telling us what you're most excited to see in the upcoming book. Uh, you'll be entered to win a copy of More Than Kindness of Foes in that contest. Well, I just want to verify that everything you just said is highly correct. Indeed. Um, okay. <laughs> we have a, we have bonus content that we do on our Patreon. If you want to catch any of that, um, there's multiple tiers that we have going on that you could feasibly get into. Uh, it's like... Live game stuff, uh, show notes. Um, me and Will pretty much take turns DMing on there. Um, we have a lot of laughs. They're mostly just comedy games. So yeah, if yeah, it, they're a hoot. They're, I mean, we <laughs> are a load of fun. fun a, a fun a ton. Uh, that's what I, <laughs> a butt that's ton. What came out. A butt ton oh, of fun. Shoot, a butt ton of fun. That, Will says that's uh, unquantifiable amount. It is. It is so. an unquantifiable amount. <laughs> okay, so that yeah, it's about that much fun. Um, <laughs> Yeah, check us out on there. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, like I said, uh, once again, uh, patreon.com slash the dungeon cast. Um, yeah, I don't think we have anything else to say. And yeah, I got more to say, but it's about hag. So oh, we can't do that here. Let's go back to the show. Let's go back to the show. All right, Brian, we're back. We are back to hags. Yeah, indeed. We're gonna talk about about. Hags. Now we're going to talk about the types of hags because there are five types of hags. 
Um, three of which were originally mentioned in the Monster Manual, and two of which were added on in Volo's Guide. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I mean, they've always been around. It's just the mechanics were, Got it. were added. So each type of hag is going to have its own innate spells and abilities. Um, it's going to have its own layer and regional effects if it's a, a granny hag. Ooh. Um, we're not going to get into specifics on that because it's a lot of a lot of information. And so I figure what we'll do in the future is we'll do, okay, we're doing green hags and sea hags today, and we're just going to go over the mechanics and role-playing and all that stuff. Okay. But today's, again, overview. If there was like a hag trade show convention, would they all show up and like rep their lair super hard? Like, Probably. no, it's all about caves, bro. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah why not? Right. Um also, when these hags get together to make covens, uh, depending on, I think it might be depending on their type, but I know th- their covens also depends on like why they came together, which we'll get into that when we get to covens. But their spells, their coven spells also um, vary. Okay. Um, and one last thing before we start diving into types is it said, and this doesn't have to be the lore of, of your game necessarily, but there's an option where hags can actually change their type based off their environment and enough time spent there. I'm actually not a big fan of that, hmm. but yeah, it's there. Okay. You can use it. Optional. So let's, let's get into it. I mean, everything is optional. Indeed. Every, that's the thing. Everything is optional in this game, and that's what makes this game amazing. So first hag we're talking about, green hags. Now, this is your classic hag. This is like Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, they're, totally. Yeah, they're green, green skin, long nose, yeah, pointy hat. Yep. Drab, white, shock white hair. Drabbed in black. Indeed. They like to live in forests and swamps. They have a particular affinity for red illusions. shoes. Oh, no. sorry. What? No, for illusions. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe for red shoes, sure. <laughs> um, again, they're they're your quintessential hag. So everything we've kind of talked about up till now, like, applies to them, and they're like. Yeah, that's just what they are. There's nothing really too special about them besides that. Besides Big, their affinity for illusions. Standard hag. Standard hag. Cool. Uh, next, we're going to talk about the uh, Anis hag or Anis hag. I think it's Anis hag. Now, they are the largest and most physically imposing of hags. They're usually characterized with a large, like, humpback. And they're really grotesque looking. And they got these big arms. And oh, shit. They, they're really good... Uh, illustration of one in Volo's guide I would recommend you go look at. Okay. Um they tend to live in mountainous areas. They have an affinity for corrupting children. Uh where <laughs> where they'll like lure children out and like get them to do compromising acts for a child and like slowly as they get older, get them to do worse and worse things and watch the child become like a terror amongst its community. It's like um, fucking uh they also eat children. Uh fucking palpatine <laughs> is a hag. Sure, yeah. The <laughs> Sith are just, what are Sith but male hags? Um, so Kill him, Anakin. Yeah, basically. Kill him now. So the Anis hag, corrupting children, eating children, and they also, they have this weird maternal instinct when it comes to ogres and trolls, and they will gather ogres and trolls and like have them as servants to do stuff. <laughs> We're all storybook creatures. Get in <laughs> Indeed, <here>. yeah, exactly, <laughs> basically. We have to stick together. Indeed. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's a basic overview of Anis hags. Um, Ver hags. Now, is the way V-E-R? no, it's B H E U R, and oh. it's pronounced ver because uh, the word is a Gaelic word, and that's just how that word's pronounced. Okay, um, they are blue, white skinned, uh, often often frozen skinned because these are like oh, yeah. ice hags with shock white hair. They have a particular affinity for ice magic. They live in wintry lands. They love to corrupt people into selfish acts of survival. So, like, they're really oh. inherently tied into, like, their terrain. They like to, like, cause a blizzard to hit a town and just never let up and watch the town tear itself apart. Yeah, the Donner Party. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Ooh. God, yeah. That, that's, like, <laughs> okay. that's a story that uh, Verhag tells other Verhags. 
Oh, the time the that, Don- the the time they party. wrecked the Donner party? Indeed. Oh, yeah. shit. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, they live in Winterland Lands. They have a particular ability. It's like a menacing feast action where the idea is that Verhags, much like other hags, aren't like overtly violent and murderous, but Verhags have this thing where if triggered, they'll just they'll just go into frenzy. And basically what they do is if they kill something, I think it might be if they knock it to zero, but I know if they kill something outright, they'll just start ripping it apart. Oh. So like can you imagine you get your like you're a ranger and you're there out there with your rogue buddy. Your rogue buddy gets hit by this Verhag, gets killed, and then rips his arms off and it slices the head off. Like, it's a horror show. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a revivify spell, like, <laughs> like scroll no, he's prepared. Done. He's like, he's ah! done. Oh, shit. So, Everybody yeah. run. And, and it's supposed to be like this horrifying event because it causes everything within a certain sphere to be feared and run away. Oh, I was going to say, this isn't magical fear. This is just normal fear. <laughs> right. But it's, but it's also be, magic. It's fear. also, you're getting, you're going to act like it's magical fear. Right. It's just so, so potent. Okay. So, <laughs> So that's a verhag. Oh man, um, yeah. So next up, sea hags. These are considered to be the ugliest of all hags. Um, although the yeah, illustra- water damage, I guess so. <laughs> the uh, the illustration in the monster manual, they just they look standard ugly. But like the idea is that they're the ugliest of all hags. Their hair is like seaweed. They're like super emaciated and like mm. scaly and just gross and wet. Um, and there sounds like a, um, a Davy Jones, uh, sure. Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Part I would of say. The to a certain, to a, but I swear to God, <laughs> Part of I the swear crew. to God, this comes up with the podcast too much. How? <laughs> it looks like a cor- a person made of like a coral reef. So like, I mean, <laughs> sure. Um, as a matter of fact, they're so cursed with, uh, a hideous, um, facade or not something the word I'm going to remember, but a hideous, Look, they look yeah. so hideous that even their illusory form to disguise themselves, the best that they can achieve is haggard looking old lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ugly. I can't even illusion myself out of being ba- ugly. Basically. Oh, my God. Uh, and and their ugliness kind of defines them where they hate beauty way more than other hags. And they basically dedicate themselves to destroying and defacing all beautiful things that are in their like domain. Wow. Yeah. OK. And if they hear about. If they hear about some port town with like a beautiful statue of like a beautiful woman or a beautiful man or heroes or whatever, they might make the journey to go fuck it up. Yeah, they're going to go break the nose off. Call it a day. Yeah, I mean, it's probably (laughs) something worse than that. But yeah, yeah, you get the idea. Put like a fucking Sharpie mustache on it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, (laughs) the tamest sea hag I've ever heard of. All right. So that's sea hags. Basic picture. Lastly, let's talk about night hags. Um they are the only hag who's considered a fiend and not fae, and it's because they are hags that have left the mortal plane to live in the negative uh, planes of existence. Uh, mostly Hades, because Hades is like the one of one of the neutral evil planes. Okay, which we'll talk about in another episode. But Malagard uh, from our Nine Hells episode, yeah, she was a night hag. So they do get involved with fiends and and devils. Well, they are fiends, um, but they are generally stout-looking humanoids with bluish and purplish skin, devil horns. Um, they have the power to enter the ethereal plane and basically this like is via blink or like, um, what? no, they could just kind of slip into the ethereal plane and just I guess kind of like blink. But the, what they do here is, have you heard of the, the mythology of the nightmare? The nightmare is, mm-hmm. uh, it's a European folklore demon that like straddles you in your sleep and like, um, corrupts your dreams and turns them into nightmares and like feeds off of your energy or whatever. Whoa. That's okay. what the night hag does. Okay, cool. The night hag does what this mythological it's dark being cry does. from Pokemon. Yeah, actually very much so. Okay. Um, 
And so what the, the goal here, though, with with the Night Hag is they do this and through your dreams, they corrupt people to villainy slowly over the course of decades. Um, and mm. once they do this, because they're fiends, got to collect that soul. Because guess what's <laughs> currency where you're from? Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. So, so Night Hags actually have a soul bag. <laughs> Sweet. A bag uh, of infinite holding it, it's for souls. It's something that only Night Hags can create. Um, and they each bag can only hold one soul. But basically... Once they've corrupted the soul enough and the, the being dies or they kill the being or whatever, they claim the soul, wrap it up, and that's going to be used later for God knows what. It's fucking the worst wallet. The worst wallet, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, night hacks. Wow. Any questions about any of the given hags before we start diving into more lore? How many of them have dark vision? Probably all of them. Doesn't surprise I, me. Yeah, I mean, like, I'd be shocked if one of them didn't, quite frankly. If one of them doesn't, it would be the green hag. But I was she thinking, I would have said too. the sea hag. No, because I see the sea hag wandering like the shore at night. Okay, yeah, sure. I I got yeah. you. Or that, like that that's probably just because of my HP Lovecraft like. Oh yeah, readings, that too. Well, you know? like passing ships in the night, they don't want to miss that. Sure. Yeah. That doesn't happen with that. I guess Ursula is a sea hag. Yeah, totally. Well, she's definitely a hag and lives in the sea. So yeah, <laughs> there, <laughs> there we go. go. She's okay. got a fucking squid octobody or whatever. Indeed, indeed. It's pretty pretty ugly. Although she's kind of like an eye hag. She doesn't exactly collect souls though. She just collects beings yeah. and turns them into weird. And the weed. ugliness, like I don't know, she's more like a like a charmer. At yeah, first. and she yeah. does. Her, she has really good hair, so. Yeah, I, I would imagine that a night hag is like a charmer because they deal with devils and devils are charmers. And like, yeah, if a night hag can be an arch devil, she's probably a charmer. She's Disney's sea hag. It's like the aesthetic is a little better. Yeah. OK, moving on. OK, so hags are usually solitary creatures that hold to the, that hold themselves above all other creatures. Big surprise. Basically, every yeah. monster in this fucking game Thinks has they're the fucking ego best. complex. Yeah, yeah. They, they're megalomaniacs. They put them all um, in the same room and like watch what happens. Yeah, basically. That being said, hags do keep in loose like connection with each other because they, they see each other as like a dark sorority. Like, yeah, I'm the best, but like we're all sisters. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Let's go TP the other so, coven. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they keep in magical communication, messenger animals, even personal visits with neighboring hags. Okay. Um, they, they can't resist gossip about each other. So that's how this, that's how this maintains itself. Right. They all hate each other, but they all, they can't let each other go. <laughs> it's like the devils. Yeah. Like no. all the archdukes. They're like talking shit about each other. Yeah. But with the archdukes is more like we all have an overarching vision. Of like True. taking over the like cosmos. we're all gonna work together to yeah, do with it. With the hags, it's like they don't work together, but like there's this loose connection that's maintained through their inability to not gossip about each other. Yeah. Did you see uh, Auntie Angie eat that ugly baby the other day? Right. That's gonna be an even uglier hag. <laughs> right. She sucks. We're the best. I mean, honestly, that that first part of that conversation was just compliments. They would consider yeah. an ugly baby to be beautiful. Oh, true. Yeah. So uh, like now nah, they're more like, <laughs> man, so, I wish I could have eaten that ugly baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this loose this loose network of connections is actually it makes killing a hag uh, that much more dangerous because when okay let's say there's two hags that are on amicable terms they're loose allies if you kill one of them the other one might get really upset because that was an ally like an important one too oh, okay and like now now you're on her shit list and she's coming for you that sucks. Yeah. Another thing is, it, what if you if you kill a hag who's indebted to another hag? Well, the hag. Oh, you just took like, on you some just debt. took on her debt because <laughs> guess what? Like, you know, auntie, whatever, she lives forever, but you only got like thirty years, so I'm gonna I need that debt paid now. Oh, dang. So, yeah. So, it, killing a hag can be dangerous because of this loose connection. It's something to keep in mind. Yeah, there it is. Hmm. Um, 
The Hags do not like each other. The thought of sharing a home with anything else. Okay. Okay. So Covens. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Covens. Is so you said sets of three. Pretty sets much. of three. Three hags have to come together. And when they do this, it means they got to live in the same place. Hags don't like each other. But even worse than that, they don't like sharing their living quarters with anything. But least of all, other hags. So why do the coven? There has to be some sort of goal or purpose that makes them come together. It okay. could be as simple as like they just want the power because they get a big power boost. Like they get a whole bunch of spells. Nice. It's like they become half casters basically all of a sudden, all three of them. Okay, cool. Um and uh but but the 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 goal of the coven is important because the goal is going to dictate the types of spells you get. Well, so, yeah, the goal has to be better than like the like it has to outweigh living with other hags, right? Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah. what I'm trying to say is in Volo's guide they give three examples of of like goals. Like let's say their goal is to inflict as much death as possible. Like they they, they more <laughs> okay. firepower. Yeah, totally. Like, and like we're gonna cause some mayhem. And that's the goal. Then the covet spells they're gonna get access to are like necromantic and death spells and all kinds of bad stuff like that. If their goal is to like, I don't know, like completely corrupt this force and make into like their domain like they're gonna have like a nature themed kind of thing and they're gonna get all these like twisting bramble spells and you know all, all kinds of like naturey spells but of course corrupted evil mm. and if they're coming together to like change the course of like history or do something like like fate or destiny um uh, inclined or like change the course of the history of a kingdom or something they might have like a process prophecy themed coven where they can do a lot of stuff to see the future and then take the right steps that they Some need to take shakespeare stuff yeah basically cool. yeah yeah okay. absolutely what is that macbeth that's macbeth yeah i think so the three witches i think so i don't know it's macbeth yeah so yeah you know when i think when i picture hags you know what i think of i think of uh have you ever seen the black cauldron another disney movie the three oh. witches and that they're very oh, hag like oh dude yeah. nice yeah. yeah that that's true yeah so that so hocus pocus the black cauldron mm -hmm. um macbeth all owned by disney well, mm. not Big Beth. Big Beth's not owned by Disney. Well, they made the Lion King. Indeed. <laughs> There's no hags in the Lion King. There's no hags in the There's Lion just King. a warthog and a... Um, how old are Timon and Pumbaa? How old are Timon and Pumbaa? Never mind. Let's okay. get to Okay, so let's get into weird magic. So, uh, we talked oh, yeah. about this at the beginning of the It's episode. not like wild magic. It's not. It's just a separate thing, like it's how a, wild magic it's is a separate, separate thing. thing. Um, I really like this concept, and I think it sh in a way should be applied to more monsters than just hags, because, okay, before we get into it, D&D magic is awesome but it's really quantified oh yeah. oh yeah it's like this is this is your spell list these are the spells known in this world you know what i mean it's like to me that's super strange when i come from like a fantasy uh, literature background yeah because in a lot of fantasy literature magic is much less pinned down it's yeah like it can, it can do anything yeah kind of yeah it's magic it's, it's magic it's, yeah it's it's mysterious in nature um and thus knowing it would make it unmagical but that's not how D and D is, but when you but because of that, a lot of these mysterious magical beings like hags or dragons or whatnot, they kind of lose that unquantifiable unquantifiable mystique. I'm saying unquantifiable a lot in the last two episodes. I just want to say that, but they lose some of this mystique. We probably said it a lot in the Great Old Ones episode too. I don't think so. I think I said unfathomable a lot, which I struggle with as you as you witness. <laughs> um, but okay, so I feel like when when the when the magic is super quantified, it, these mysterious beings lose a lot of mystique. So okay, yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah, 
And so what they did with the hags was they added this whole weird magic aspect to kind of give it back to them. And I really like it. So essentially, the idea is that hags live for so long that over the course of their lives, they tend to discover or invent like unique spells or rituals Specific or to them. item create I, items that they created. Um, in this case, they'd be called weird objects instead of weird magic. Okay. That, weird magical objects. That isn't on the spell list it doesn't follow the usual rules of magic it just does stuff and like all the wizards in the world couldn't replicate it if they wanted to yeah like a wizard would see it and be like uh i don't this is yeah, some shit exactly like this is they're breaking the rules of magic right now yeah like, i don't even understand <laughs> okay yeah and they give some examples and i think the examples are okay so i'm gonna list oh, them but that's a cool like uh like linchpin for a campaign like like you find out that there's the magic rabbit hole goes much deeper. Right. Because like, magic is treated like science a lot in D&D. Indeed. You need this thing. Which is nothing to wrong do with that. Like, yeah. No, like I need like a, I need some lint from like the dryer to fucking right. cast this whatever spell. Yeah. Or, you know. And I like the idea of this word magic too, because remember these beings are fey and with face, like things don't work the same in the fey, you know, like the sunshine and peach metaphor we, we had in the fey episode. Yeah. So I like this idea of like, there's this esoteric stuff that can be found if you live long enough and you're this inherently magical being. So some of the, some of the examples are like hags might find a way to curse a creature into a new form that isn't a polymorph. It's just a curse and it can't be undone. Dispel magic doesn't do shit to this. Like oh, it doesn't matter. You cast this at ninth level. Your greater is restoration isn't doing stuff. anything. Indeed. Oh. Um, altering memories, raising the dead, uh, but not in an undead kind of way and not the, like the, what what's the spell? Necron. The actual resurrection spell. Okay, like just just raising the dead, you know, and just being able to do that. Just kind of without random. a spell. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah I just, see what you mean. It's just to give them a stick back. Indeed. So, and the idea is that this weird magic is so rare that even the hags that have it, like, they only get one use of weird magic per encounter. Or if it's a grandmother, they'll get two, and that's the limit. Okay, I like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But it, it's up to you to homebrew, and I know that them. The difference between them saying like, oh, and by the way, hags have weird magic, make it up. And you as a dungeon master just doing that on your own is thin. Just the idea that like it's in writing, this idea of like this strange, mysterious, esoteric esoteric magic that doesn't make sense. But you have to homebrew it. It's kind of built into the lore. Okay, I think this this idea, maybe not the name weird magic, but this idea should be applied to other beings too. Like dragons, for example. Yeah, I think should be able to get some sort of strange... You know, outside of like breath and dragon fear, you know, they're spellcasters that live so long, like it's they're gonna probably learn something at some point. Like they're gonna find some nook in the in the magic. Yeah, and they're innately magical. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we have dragon blood sorcerers. Like that's how innately magical dragons are. You know, I've been kind of coming across that as like creating campaign. Like, well, like if the players know these spells, like it loses that mystique. Like the like. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be magic, mysterious, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And so sometimes I just do some rando stuff yeah. like this. It's yeah. kind of cool. And yeah, I agree. It is cool. So yay. So <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my last little bit of lore um, is hags are known for having very strange and whimsical vehicles, uh, steeds, and oh, like a houses. flying broom. Yes, like a flying broom, but like more more whimsical. Like I don't know, Auntie Agnes always rides her giant pig 
Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I was or gonna like, say goat, but you or, yeah. or yeah, or a giant goat, or yeah. like a floating, or a walking cauldron, or a floating dragon Ooh, skull. Four bullywugs that pull me like a like a dog sledding team. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Like just mindless. really outlandish, weird stuff because it's That's just dope. like in their nature. Like I'm a green swamp hag. And yeah, like, I, or it's like <laughs> Baba Yaga, where it's like a, the house on giant chicken legs or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, some Howl's Moving Castle. So shit. get creative with it. That's the point of if you're dealing with these hacks, get creative with it because they're really creative beings that are like bizarre, mm-hmm. and they seem really fun to me. I, really I like always them. keep my fire lit at my house, and that's what I ride into battle. Yeah, I like hags because they can they can double as like uh, a big bad. They could be your big bad for your whole campaign, or they could just be a minor uh, bad, and it's not a big deal. Like I like uh, they're a creature with range, and I like it. Ooh, uh, a sea hag uh, riding a kelpie. Yeah, oh, that'd be God, wild. That is wild. That's I a, like that. That's a final boss yeah, right there. That is, that's really cool. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> so okay, that's that's basically all I got on hags. Do you got any questions, comments, concerns? Uh, no, I mean like I'm very concerned, but you no, know you should be. It's a hag, indeed. They are hags. Yeah, we are hags, not us. They might be hags. The coven is indeed. Maybe all that's right, I think we're done. We're yeah, done. Let's call it an episode. We're gonna call, call it a game. It a game. We'll not call it a game. We're going to call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. The Dungeon Cast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.